0: Um, All right, what a journey that we've gone through uh, in the life of Joseph. We've started right when he was a young kid uh, in his father's house and his father delighted in him. Uh, Then we've gradually seen him uh, being rejected by his brothers, being sold into Egypt, uh, being in Potiphar's house, yet at the same time God being with him and uh, him being a successful person. Uh, We also saw him last night in a prison house where also God was with him uh, because he got imprisoned unjustly uh, and he still looked up to God and God was with him. And he was successful even in a prison house, which is something that was quite rare for a Hebrew person uh, in those times uh, to be in that position. Uh, Now we come to the finale uh, of Joseph uh, being in the fourth house, which is the palace uh, or in the presence of Pharaoh. Now uh, it's been suggested that while Joseph was associated with these four houses, he was also associated with four clothes or garments. The first one was a, a robe of many colors. Now, Sunday school kids in Bowen, you remember the words of the song, Have You Heard of the Boy with the Multicolored Robe? So that was Joseph in his father's house with a robe of many colors. Uh, And Jacob delighted in Joseph. The same thing, God the Father delighted in the Lord Jesus. Uh, He said, this is my beloved son in whom I have found all my delight. Uh, He mentioned it twice. Uh, one at the Lord's baptism and the other at the transfiguration. And we see uh, that the Lord's robe uh, became so bright and his countenance became so bright. You know, just like Joseph and his uh, robe uh, being so bright with many colors. Yet what did the people do to the Lord Jesus? They rejected him. They wanted to have nothing to do with him. So his bro- Joseph's brothers also reject him and have nothing to do with him. So that was the first uh, uh, clothes um, that Joseph was associated with. The second one was the servant's clothes. When he was in Potiphar's house, obviously there had to be a change of garment and he had to wear the garment of a servant. The Lord Jesus, when he came to the earth, he came in the form of a bond servant uh, and he um, served. So, Uh, these similarities between Joseph and the Lord, it's not by accident that they're written for us in the book of Genesis. Um, I'll come to that a bit later, Uh, but then we'll go to the third uh, cloth, uh, which is uh, when he was in a prison house, he had to wear prison clothes. Those identified him uh, as a prisoner, yet he was still the same person. Uh, Inside and outside, his attitude, his dealings with others were still the same, yet he had that other set of clothes, um, the prison clothes. And then today we're going to see uh, his fourth set of clothes, and that is his permanent clothing, when Pharaoh clothes him with the royal robe and puts the uh, ring uh, on his finger. Uh, and we don't read at all of Joseph having another type of clothes after that, um, except for when he died and uh when they mummified him in Egypt. Uh, but that was the final um the final uh uh thing in Joseph's uh, four clothes. Uh he wore the royal robe from basically from the time when Pharaoh exalted him. Uh now let's Go back and um, ask ourselves, why is this story of Joseph written in such a way? Again, as I've said, it's not by accident, uh, especially when Joseph takes up about, well, he takes up 13 chapters uh, in Genesis. When we leave chapter 38, uh, there's something that God wants to tell us. There's something that God wants to present to us about the Lord Jesus. And in the previous three uh, messages we've heard, we've seen features and characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ in Joseph. We've also seen lessons in Joseph. Uh, He loved the people. Uh, He had concern for them. Even when he was in a prison, uh, uh, what we heard last night, he had concern for two of Pharaoh's, you know, top uh, workers, the baker and the butler. He was concerned with them when they had a sad countenance. Then, uh, But at the same time, he stood strong in his faith in, uh, in God, and uh, he knew that God was present, and he was close to God. Now, how could Joseph have been close so close to God when he came from a family that was so far away from God? They were not close to God at all. Jacob, in his early life, was not close to God at all. He learned his lessons right at the end. However, Joseph was a different person, uh, and obviously God wants to teach us uh, some lessons uh, in that. Now, uh, we come to the point when Joseph uh, becomes zaphnath paniah So Genesis chapter 41. So... At that stage, we still see Joseph in the prison and he gets forgotten uh, by the uh, chief uh, of the cupbearers or the butler. Uh, And he stayed there for two full years. Now, it's been said Joseph was a young kid uh, when he got taken from his father's house. And uh, right up until when he stood in the presence of Pharaoh, he was uh, 30 years old. Now, We don't know exactly, uh, we don't know precisely or exactly how many years he spent all that time uh, in prison or as a slave and so on. Um, But, you know, as an accountant, I'd say, uh, how much do you want him to be? (laughs) But let's uh, move on. And um, so Pharaoh has this dream and he gets really troubled uh, from that dream. And, you know, the first people he calls, all his scribes. Can his scribes explain anything to him? They can't. And so, God see, God's timing is really precise. Even though man's timing uh, is not accurate, God's timing is most accurate. Uh, then God leads the chief of the cupbearers to remember Joseph. And he says to Pharaoh, oh, look, there's this Hebrew servant. He interpreted both my dream and the dream of the butler, and they all came uh, true, so give him a go and so Joseph uh, get uh, changes um, and he goes into the presence of Pharaoh and that was the first time we read of him being in the palace now he he's not exalted yet uh, he's still rejected he's still seen as a uh, as the Hebrew bondservant or as a Hebrew slave. Uh, And, you know, Pharaoh had uh, every reason to not accept any of his words, um, anything of what he's saying. Pharaoh's just giving him a go based on the testimony of one of his uh, top workers. So Joseph explains uh, the dream to him. Uh, We're not going to read everything in there uh, because I'm sure we're all familiar with the story. And... See, Joseph, like when he explained the dream to the chief butler and the baker, he says to them, God is the one who interprets dreams. Interpretations belong to God. Likewise with Pharaoh. Again, Joseph does not change his faith. He does not change his uh, attitude uh, or his behavior. He tells Pharaoh uh, interpretations belong to God. Now, Pharaoh and all the other Egyptians, yeah, they believed in so many gods and they had so many gods, Uh, but Joseph wanted to point out to them the one true God that can reveal these uh, dreams and secrets. And so Joseph uh, explains a dream to Pharaoh. Uh, Remember, Pharaoh has a dream, uh, well, it's a double dream, Uh, and Joseph says to him, that double dream, God has said that it will happen. And a number of two speaks of testimony. So God testifies that this dream, this uh, thing will come to pass and it will happen. And so Pharaoh looks up, he looks astonished and he says, wow, who, is there any other person who has the spirit of God in him? And so at that point, that's when Pharaoh exalts him. Uh, And gave him to, well, basically made him the decision maker over all the land of Egypt. And that's when he changed his uh, garment to the royal uh, robe. The royal robe, uh, totally fitting for a person who is a ruler uh, of a country. And uh, the ring as well, uh, again, a symbol of authority. Uh, So Pharaoh giving Joseph the authority to uh, basically make the decisions on his behalf uh, and for the good of the land. And so uh, that's the first time uh, that Joseph uh, goes into the palace at 30 years. Now, imagine him at 30 years uh, ruling over a whole country. You know, it's unheard of. A Hebrew person ruling over Egypt, in fact, is uh, more absurd, more unheard of. Uh, You know, we would have probably thought an Egyptian person would rule. But Pharaoh made Joseph a Hebrew servant who explained to him the meaning of his dream. Uh, Pharaoh was very pleased with that and Uh, made him rule over the land of Egypt now at that time still his brethren thought as far as they're concerned that he was dead or that you know he was no longer uh, there now can you tell a picture about God exalting the Lord Jesus Christ even though he is not uh, exalted here on earth yet he is exalted in heaven The world doesn't know him. They don't recognize him as the exalted one, but only his own would recognize him as the exalted Lord. And so there'll come a time when the Lord will physically reign on the earth. Uh, Just like uh, with our friend Joseph here, when he uh, reigned over Egypt and all his brethren and eventually finally came to him. Now, What does Pharaoh tell him? Uh, Pharaoh says to him uh, uh, in uh, Genesis 41, uh, verse 44, after everything that's happened, sorry, in verse 40, after everything that's happened, he says to Joseph, thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy commandment shall all my people regulate themselves. But there was one thing, there was still the throne, matters regarding to the throne only that pharaoh will be greater than him uh, and then uh, that's when pharaoh uh, may, uh, Pharaoh gave him the royal robe and everything to do with royalty See, just like when potiphar put joseph in charge of his house and everything in his house pharaoh also did likewise uh, when joseph explained uh, the dream to him now we've We've seen in the above uh, three houses um in his father's house uh, in Potiphar's house in a prison house Joseph was rejected he was rejected he suffered but before he went to Potiphar's house uh, there was one destination uh, where he went to, and that was a pit. So um, the, the, that, the, that, that was one of the, the, the destinations before he went to Egypt uh, when his brother threw him into the pit. Uh, yet he was rescued from the pit, as we know, and uh, where, um, off he went to Egypt. Now, the pit or the miry clay is mentioned in the Psalms um, that the psalmist writes he was delivered out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. And Job 33, Elihu also mentions uh, about delivering him from the pit because he's found a ransom. So we see definitely types of the Lord Jesus uh, in Joseph. And it's been said that Joseph is perhaps the only character in the Old Testament that presents the fullest type of the Lord Jesus. Uh, Yes, there may be a few things missing, but... Let's trace the life of Joseph and the life of the Lord, you know, rejected by his brethren, by his family, hated, suffered, uh, yet still served, uh, went into death. Well, Joseph didn't actually go into death, but the prison house uh, does speak of uh, death uh, figuratively, uh, but he was delivered from it. And uh, just like Joseph was delivered, the Lord Jesus also uh, was raised from the dead, or he raised himself from the dead, and God highly exalted him. Uh, So all these things that happened to Joseph, they're they're not accidental, and they're not coincidental. Uh, And it's always good that when we look at a character in the uh, Old Testament, uh, yes, it's good that we see types of the Lord Jesus. Uh, We see moral features and beauties of the Lord in those characters. But also uh, we need to see uh, these characters in the New Testament as well. Where are they mentioned in the New Testament? So let's go to John chapter 4. I apologize if my thoughts are all over the place, but we'll get to a point. Um, So let's go to John chapter 4. Uh, it's a well-known uh, portion of the scripture. Uh, we see the Lord Jesus that He must needs pass through Samaria, and in verse five, He comes therefore to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near to the land which Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, why is Joseph mentioned in here in chapter four of John? Is it by accident? No, it's not. Uh, there's a reason. Now, we know the Lord has this discourse with the Samaritan woman uh, and gradually she says to him, I perceive you are a prophet. Uh, And then later on she says to him, I know that when Messiah comes, he will tell us all things. Uh, And then uh, when he he says to her, I who speak to thee am, he tells her, I am who speaks to thee. And then she goes and says to the uh, people in verse 29, Come see a man who told me all things I had ever done. Is not he the Christ? Who's the one who told her all things that she had ever done? Revealer of secrets. He revealed her secrets to her, uh, things that she didn't even know. And then later on, when the Lord was talking to his disciples, the Samaritans come out to him. And uh, in verse 42, They say to the woman, it is not no longer on account of thy saying that we believe, for we have heard him ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the saviour of the world. So we have the Lord Jesus in here, revealer of secrets, saviour of the world. Let's go back to Genesis 41. And here we see uh, zaphnath Benia. In Genesis 41, uh, verse 45. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath-Paniah. What does that mean? Well, it's got two meanings. uh, And most of you will know that uh, in the Egyptian, it means saviour of the world or sustainer of life. Uh, And then in the Hebrew, it means revealer of secrets. But... Who's the true Joseph? Who's the true zaphnath Penia? Is it Joseph or is it the Lord Jesus? It's the Lord Jesus. See, when we say that these characters are are pictures or types of the Lord Jesus or types of the New Testament, uh, a picture or a type is a representation of the real thing. You know, when I look at a picture and I see the different people and all these sort of things, and then, uh, you know, we all gather around and say, oh, that's Mr. X or that's Mrs. Y. But really, that's not them. It's a representation of them. It is a picture of them. In fact, perhaps Mr. X or Mrs. Y could be right next to us. Um, or could be right with us. And it'll be so shameful if we point it out to that picture and say, oh, that's Mr. X there, but the real one's next to us. So it's like the Lord Jesus. We can't really say um, uh, Joseph is the Lord Jesus. It's a real shame and dishonor if we do say that. But he's a picture or a represent uh, or a uh, type uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have here Joseph um, uh, in his exalted place. Now, in order for him to get to that exalted place, he obviously suffered much. Uh, He suffered uh, the loss of his father's house. He suffered the rejection of his brethren. He suffered unjustly, uh, unjust accusations, and was unjustly condemned uh, to prison. Uh, Doesn't that remind us of someone uh, who really... Uh, experienced that and a lot greater than that. And so all these things uh, happen to him that he may be exalted. You know, the Apostle Peter speaks of the sufferings uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ and the glory that follows. And so uh, when godly people like Joseph, even like Moses, um, and when the Lord Jesus, uh, uh, in order to be exalted, uh, they had to go through this pathway of suffering. Uh, they had to go through the pathway of suffering, of shame, uh, of rejection, of hatred, and then uh, the exaltation comes. And so uh, the, and so that's a pattern that the Lord Jesus followed, and that's a pattern that Joseph uh, went through. Um, e- even we can say Joseph was rejected in his own land uh, by his brothers, just like the Lord Jesus when he was rejected in his own land, in Israel. By his own people. Uh, you know, again, John 1 tells us uh, he came to his own and his own received him not. So his own did not even know him. Uh, the Jews did not even know him. Uh, and so uh, that's what we see uh, in the uh, pathway uh, that Joseph took. Now, uh, for Joseph to be uh, to end up in that position, his I don't know how to put it in the right ways, but his attitude or behavior in his father's house, uh, his behavior after being rejected by his brethren, his behavior in Potiphar's house, his behavior and attitude and concern for the people uh, in the prison, all of that defined him uh, in his exalted position. So if he was acting so Let's say if he was acting so childish and, you know, didn't want to do anything, acted so lazy and uh, kept moaning and moping, do you think he'd be in this position as an exalted person? Probably not. So, again, his behavior defined uh, how he ended up uh, as an exalted person. Uh, And what we can learn too is our behavior our attitudes towards those uh, who are our brethren or who are not our brethren, that can define us as who we are and that can define our character. And unfortunately, um, I fall far short of that uh, many times. But may the Lord help us to have the same attitude that Joseph had. Uh, in he, he You know how he cared for his brothers? He went all the way where that man said to him they're feeding their flock that's how much he cared for them Uh, he could have taken a negative attitude and went back to his father and said oh i couldn't find them but he cared for his brothers Uh, he cared for those who are not his brothers he cared for the strangers so may we be helped in learning from joseph to care for our brethren and also for strangers now uh the other instance uh, in which Joseph is mentioned in the New Testament, uh, we turn to Acts chapter 7. Again, um, it's good that when we read about characters in the Old Testament, we look at the New Testament. Where are they mentioned? Uh, what characterizes them in the New Testament? So in Acts 7, uh, do we remember what happened in Acts 7? Uh, Stephen has a discourse with the uh, people and he speaks about Joseph uh, uh, being sold into Egypt, but God delivering him and making him governor over Egypt. So that's in verses nine to 13 uh, when Stephen was giving them the discourse of the history of Israel. Uh, Remember that was still before the nation of Israel was formed, but he mentions that Joseph suffers yet he is exalted and he is glorified. So the pattern of suffering and being exalted follows right through uh, the scriptures um, of what a godly person uh, experiences. The other instance in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Remember the wonderful, amazing chapter of Hebrews 11? All these men of faith, Joseph is mentioned there. Uh, By faith, Joseph. Uh, What does it say? Uh, He was uh, marked as a man of faith, not because he knew that the people were going to take his bones out of Egypt and bring them back into Israel. No, not because of that at all. But because he knew that they were going to depart out of the land where they were. Because remember the land they were in, even, the land that Joseph was in, even, it's still a foreign land. And yet he had faith that God would bring them up from that foreign land back to uh, their own land, back to the land that God uh, uh, was going to bring them. And so Hebrews 11 marks Joseph as a man of faith. Now, uh, one of the other places in the New Testament, uh, it may be a little bit of an obscure place, but it's in Revelation 7. Uh, you know, the during the tribulation where it mentions 144,000 sealed that God has sealed and how it mentions 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes, guess whose tribe is mentioned there? The tribe of Joseph. But Joseph doesn't get a tribe in the Old Testament. Uh, it's his sons that get the tribes. Uh But in Revelation 7, he has a special place in there, the tribe of Joseph. Why? Well, because all of what Joseph went through. Um, So that's in Revelation 7, verse 8. So the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 sealed. So uh, he gets that special place because of what he went through uh, in his sufferings, in his rejection, and ending up being exalted. Now, the other thing about joseph is uh he was righteous uh as we uh sort of heard yesterday um he did not sin against God uh when given the opportunity uh, with Potiphar's wife uh and being righteous what happened to him he was put in a prison uh after that and so again we we find um the fact that we are to rejoice for our righteousness. To rejoice uh, in, for suffering for righteousness, uh, not for doing things wrong, but because we're righteous, or but because doing the right thing or believing the right thing, uh, we count it joy and worthwhile to suffer, because there's exaltation after that. Again, the Lord Jesus, He's a righteous person. Uh, he died for His righteousness. Uh, But it was, again, all part of God's plan uh, to redeem a people for himself. Just like when Joseph suffered for his righteousness, uh, first in his father's house, rejected for his righteousness. Well, yeah, we may say he probably exaggerated too much uh, to lead his brothers to hate him. Nevertheless, he suffered for his righteousness. Uh, He got taken away. Um, He got put in prison for righteousness. Uh, So to speak, he went into death for his righteousness. Yet it was all part of God's plan to save not only Joseph's family uh, and those of Israel, but to save the whole land of Egypt uh, from, well, when we see the the years of famine. So um, let's go to... The fact when um, Joseph then becomes governor over the land of Egypt. Uh, the other interesting thing is, Pharaoh gave to him a wife, uh, Asenath, her name. Uh, she was the daughter of a priest. Uh, so we can definitely say that she was a Gentile person. When did Pharaoh, when did Joseph take Asenath as his wife after his exaltation, when he went through death and when he came out and when God delivered him. Uh, Now, isn't that a wonderful type or picture? Um, So the Lord Jesus, when he went into death, uh, he came out of death, resurrected, ascended, uh, and then the church or the assembly was formed. Um, his wife so that's what we can that's why we can say these are types so joseph and azanath type of the lord jesus and the church or the assembly now another interesting remark is that uh yeah she bore him two sons but the sons that he got was during the times of plenty there were no sons born to Joseph in the years of famine they were born to him in the time of plenty uh, the first son uh, Manasseh so again w- w- you know w- what does Manasseh mean uh, God has made me forget my uh, uh, God made me forget uh, my uh, toil and my father's house so God made him forget the past and all the sufferings of the past uh, manasseh again it, it is a similar to Arabic Ensa means forget, so he forgot the past and forgot his toil. but then there was another uh, there was another uh, son that he uh, got and that's ephraim uh, Ephraim fruitful uh, that God has caused him to be fruitful in the land of his affliction. What was the land of Joseph's affliction? Egypt. Yet he became fruitful in the land of Egypt. Now, the Lord Jesus, again, uh, we see in Isaiah 53, um, the prophecy about the Lord Jesus, he shall see of the fruit of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. And John 12, we uh, know the very famous verse um, that the Lord Jesus was himself that grain of wheat that fell into the ground and died and that brought forth much fruit. So Ephraim, fruitful. The Lord Jesus, after his death and resurrection, uh, many sons to glory uh, had been brought and he became fruitful. So that's, um, that, that's Joseph's uh, sons uh, again the striking thing is they were all they were born in the time of plenty just like us the church the assembly uh in the time of grace so you know when joseph tells pharaoh that there were 7 years of plenty and then 7 years of famine so those times are the time of plenty if i may suggest uh, it could refer or be a Picture or a type of the time of grace in which we live, and in this time of grace is where many sons to glory are being brought to the Lord Jesus, uh, being brought to uh, the Father and the Son, as a result of the work of the Lord Jesus. Uh, the, now, the the true believers or the church or His tr- true sons won't be there born in a great tribulation. No, just like when Joseph's sons were born in a time of plenty. So then, the years of famine come. Now again, it's really striking how many years uh, of famine. Seven, seven years of famine. How long's the great tribulation? Seven, seven years. Great tribulation. And so, again, because. Again, so now that we don't see Joseph uh, getting any sons in the tribulation, um, there won't be any that form the church or the assembly in the great tribulation. We'll all be raptured out uh, of the great tribulation. Now, the other very interesting fact is, uh, uh, yes, Asenath, uh, she was uh, still Joseph's wife, but She's not mentioned in the time of famine at all uh, as helping Joseph or aiding him uh, as he is running the land and uh, feeding the nation and all the nations around. She's not mentioned as being with him in there. Uh, Again, uh, if I may suggest, Azanath can be a type, uh, well, she's a type of the church, but another type of the rapture um, because we're going to be raptured taken up before the Great Tribulation, Uh, we're not going to be mentioned uh, in the Great Tribulation. Just like in the time of famine, Azanath is not mentioned. Yes, she may be mentioned just as a narrative um, uh, when we read about her um, that she bore the sons to Joseph in a uh, time of plenty before the famine, but that's it. We don't read of her in action. Uh, in the time of the famine. We only read of Joseph in action in the time of the famine. We also read of Ephraim and Manasseh uh, in the time of famine uh, because uh, they were were there um, and they were still in the scene uh, of the time of the famine. So uh, if I may suggest again, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh may be seen as a type of a remnant who are going to go through the tribulation but we'll be saved uh, from it. And so as Joseph uh, saves the nation of Israel by keeping all the store of the bread in a time of plenty uh, and saves uh, his father's house, uh, and in turn his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh are saved, uh, that also may represent um, the small remnant uh, who will accept the Lord Jesus as their king, as their messiah, and will be saved, uh, but they will go through the Great Tribulation. But the church, the assembly, definitely will not go through the Great Tribulation. Uh, so the, there's some Old Testament types um, and shadows of the church and of the rapture that we can see in Joseph, uh, Asenath, um and in Joseph's sons um, as a Small type of the uh, um, of the uh, remnant that will go through the tribulation. Uh, now, fast forward a little bit, uh, we come to the point where Joseph's brothers uh, finally meet him. Well, they they don't they don't know him yet as Joseph, but they go to Egypt uh, because a famine hits their uh, land, and they make this trip to Egypt. And they uh, meet this person who's governor over Egypt. They may probably recognize some Hebrew features in him. Uh, who knows? But they definitely don't recognize him yet as their brother. Uh, and so it is true that when the nation of Israel um See, at the moment, the nation of Israel still doesn't recognize the Lord Jesus as their Messiah or their rightful king. They're still waiting for the Messiah to come. And even at the rapture, even during the Great Tribulation, they are still waiting for the Messiah to save them. They don't recognize the Lord's hand in all of this. And so when Joseph's brothers go to Egypt to buy food uh, for their families, they don't recognize Joseph at all. But Joseph deals rather a little bit harshly with them. He recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. Do we, do we get the picture? The, the Lord, he still knows his own. He still knows his people. He still knows his earthly people, but they don't recognize him yet. Uh, they will later on when they see all their calamity falling upon them, uh, they will recognize him when he comes to reign. So Joseph's brothers at this stage, um, they don't know him. They still think he's dead or they still think he is some slave still working the fields in Egypt. Um, and so imagine they're a huge surprise uh, when they uh, do uh, know that it's Joseph. But let's go through, you know, the, the, the ways that he dealt with them. Now, he deals with them uh, in truth, first of all. He wants them to realize the truth, uh, what they did to him, uh, even what they did to their father in lying to him about their uh, brother. Uh, And so when he deals with the truth first, uh, then grace comes in. But the Lord Jesus, he deals with grace and truth. He deals with us. He deals with his uh, people. He'll deal with his earthly people in grace and truth. Uh, grace and truth together yet joseph uh the way that he dealt with his brothers uh you know some of us may say oh that was so harsh the way he dealt with his brothers why doesn't he just make him known to them straight away well why doesn't the lord jesus make himself known straight away to his earthly people he has been doing that in the gospels even in john's gospel that we've been some of us have been studying uh, recently He's been trying to make himself known, but they don't want to know him. They, they want someone who's going to just straight away redeem them from the Roman bondage. And so, Joseph's brothers, um, I mean, I, I think that if Joseph had immediately made himself known to his brothers, even in his place of exaltation, uh, they would not have believed. Why would they not have believed? well, they still didn't recognize their sin inside them, what they did all those years ago. He wanted them to recognize what they did all those years back and what they did to their father. Uh, And then when they fully recognize their sin, when they fully uh, testify that Joseph is still their brother, uh, then that's when he uh, made himself known to them. But he had dealt with them in certain steps uh, in order to make himself known to them. So the first time, um, yes, they didn't recognize him. They saw him as this Sahash fellow who was the, you know, the big boss over the land of Egypt. Uh, then when he took, uh, he took Simeon from them and uh, put him in, well, put him in custody Yet at the same time, Simeon was looked after. He still ordered, uh, he still wanted Simeon looked after because he was still his brother. Uh, But again, you see the way that Joseph wanted his brothers to realize um, the wrong thing they've done. Just like the Lord Jesus, he wants his own to realize or his earthly people to realize and recognize Here's the one that they wounded. Here's the one that they crucified. Here's the one that they hated and rejected. Uh, And when they did that, all these calamities fell upon them. Uh, Now, let's just go back a little out of topic for a moment. If we look at the history of the Jews and the things that fell on them, they still don't recognize that it's because they rejected the Lord. They have no thought of that at all. Um, They just see it as a chance or a coincidence that, you know, um, the world hates them or, you know, those um, back in those times, they hated them. Uh, They had no thought of the Lord Jesus. But in the time of tribulation, just like when Joseph being exalted, in the time of famine, uh, when people are desperate, uh, when the Jews are going to be really desperate, and cry out for the Messiah to come, uh, and cry out and wait for him. Uh, And when they finally realize that those are the wounds uh, that they wounded him with, and that he is the one who they pierced, then the Lord will make himself known to them and will save them out of uh, all their distresses. Uh, so that's the same you know, that we have in Genesis. Uh, so when his brothers uh, uh, reach him, when his brothers speak to him, um, yeah, they still don't know that it's Joseph. They still don't know that he's the one uh, that they rejected. Uh, and so they go back to their land uh, in shame, uh, without Simeon, without their other uh, brother. And they explain all these things to their father. And... Uh, at that time, after some persuasiveness, after some, um, uh, after per, you know some persuasiveness, um, their brother agrees to take Benjamin. Now, Joseph recognizes Benjamin. Of course, he still recognizes his brothers, but even when they go to his house, they don't recognize him. Uh, they don't know him at all, and when We see the way that he deals with Benjamin, uh, you know, towards the end. Uh, well, it's really sad, uh, yet it's you know, it's a story of truth but grace at the same time. Uh, you know, what does his brother say, or Judah, what does he say to Joseph? Um, well, you know, when he deals with Benjamin uh, in that particular way, he says to Joseph, for you, Um, you are uh, are as pharaoh himself. So even at that point, uh, he still doesn't know uh, who Joseph is. But at that point, it's then that his brothers realize, oh, yes, we have sinned against Joseph, our brother. Um, This has happened because of what we've done. Um, And we don't want to see our father going through this uh, again if you take Benjamin away. And so there's a, at that moment, uh, there's repentance in their hearts. We can say there's true repentance in their hearts for what they've done uh, with Joseph, what they've done with their brother, uh, who didn't even deserve any of these things, just like in the future. At, uh, you know, at the tribulation, uh, the Jews, that small remnant, they will know that they've rejected their Messiah. They will know that he is the one they crucified and they will come to a uh, true repentance. And that's when they will be delivered. And so that's when Joseph made himself known uh, to his brothers, when he knew that they had finally come to a place of repentance. Uh, now again, why didn't Joseph reveal himself so early? Because they hadn't repented. They had not. But he only revealed himself to them when they came to a full realization um, of what they did. Uh, Just like the Lord's earthly people, they haven't fully repented uh, and they haven't realized what they did. But at the moment, when they do realize uh, that um, they have crucified him uh, and when they do come to repentance, uh, he will step in and he will save them from their enemies and he will save them out. Uh, he will save them from uh, from the great tribulation. So the, in Joseph, um, the, this time of famine, uh, while it is a picture of the great tribulation, it's obviously not going to be anywhere near what the remnant of the Jews will experience in that tribulation. They will experience much, much more disaster, much, much more suffering, much more calamities on them. Um, uh, Well, because they have rejected their Messiah, um, but then they will come to know him. And so Joseph says to his uh, brothers, uh, you know, come near to me, after he reveals to the, himself to them, come near to me, I'm not in the place of God, you know, uh, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, in order to save, uh, in order to save you, and in order to save so many people uh, from this famine, because we read that the famine was very grievous, people were really desperate uh, to live, to survive, so You know, if that famine was really grievous, how much more would the Great Tribulation be uh, for those who are going to go through it? Um, But, you know, the Lord Jesus, uh, God had this plan uh, from before the foundation of the world uh, to bring sons to the Lord Jesus and to himself, to bring the church, the assembly. Um, And so as a result of the work of the Lord Jesus, uh, we're brought to him. And so we can also say it was all part of God's plan that, you know, the earthly people reject the Lord Jesus, crucify him, uh, but then he was risen from the dead. Uh, it's part of God's plan to save as many as would believe in him, as many as will come to know the Lord Jesus and accept him. They are saved on the ground of the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Joseph tells them that God had meant it for good, and uh, that you know, hey, God, God had a plan to save you, to save the whole nation. And uh, that's when he tells them um, that God will visit them again and uh, bring them out of the land. Now, uh, Joseph, uh, uh, Joseph's story um, uh, after his exaltation. Um, and then after he uh, uh meets his father and um after the reunion with his families um the very sad thing is joseph died you know um yes when he was in prison figuratively he went into death um and then he got exalted but in reality as well um he died you know um the what are the last words of the book of genesis a coffin in egypt so that's the unfortunate uh, situation of um, death coming in as a result of sin, we can say, uh, no matter how righteous a character Joseph was, no matter how, um, no matter the whether he presents the fullest type of the Lord Jesus, yet he died. And um yes, I uh you know um gave him the you know um, Egyptian honor burial and all those sort of thing. Um, but you know the last words of Genesis is a coffin in Egypt." and you know what Mark says uh man uh as a result of sin, death always comes in, and death always uh, comes upon uh, mankind. uh Hebrews nine. I believe it tells us it is appointed for man to die once uh, and after this a judgment. Uh, So Joseph, no matter uh, how good a character he was, maybe we could see, maybe we could see some little weakness in him when he asked the chief butler to be remembered, yet uh, as a man, uh, he still died yet. The Lord Jesus, uh, and that's why we're saying Joseph is only a type or a picture because a picture or a type is still not close to the actual thing. The Lord Jesus, yes, he did die, but he lives evermore as man and God. Uh, and so that's a stark difference between Joseph and the Lord Jesus, and even all the characters that are types of the Lord Jesus, even in their exaltation um they still die. And yeah, yeah, even uh godly people, um, yes, they still died. But the Lord Jesus, uh uh, he died once, uh, evermore to live. Uh and that is why he's a savior of the world. Um and of course that's uh why he's a revealer of secrets. Uh and that's why when uh you know when uh Uh, When people come to him and recognize him as their saviour, they live. Even though we may die uh, physically, we will live forevermore uh, as a result. Uh, In looking at his exalted place a lot further, because there's a lot more things that we can say. Uh, But unfortunately, it's a very short amount of time uh, in saying all of these things. Uh, And then, uh, you know, hopefully you can see more and more types, more and more pictures, more and more representations of the real thing, uh, more shadows. uh, And that will uh, hopefully help us to appreciate the word of God, uh, appreciate the divinely inspired word of God more and more uh, and read it more and more. Uh, So, again, reading these characters, uh, we see... It's good for us to see types of the Lord Jesus, uh, even types of the church, types of the believers, uh, moral types, um, some beauties uh, that can be seen. uh, And at the same time, also uh, uh, looking at references in the New Testament. Where are they mentioned and why are they being mentioned in the New Testament uh, and uh, how they're marked um, by writers in the New Testament? So that's basically all I have to say. Uh, may we be helped in learning many lessons from the life of Joseph. Uh, now, he didn't hold a grudge against his brothers. He he never hated his brothers. Uh, may we learn to not hold grudges against our brethren, even against people for, who are not our brethren. Uh, may we learn to, you know, not hate um, those who are, our brethren, uh, those who the Lord died for. You know, if we look at people and say to ourselves, oh, yes, the Lord died for them, how different would our attitude be? How different would my attitude be when I look at the person next to me and say, look, I'm no better than him. The Lord died for him too or the Lord died for her, um, just like the Lord died for me and giving us equal chances uh, to come to him and accept him um now for those who don't yet know the Lord as their savior uh please accept him uh as the exalted lord in your lives and accept him as savior and uh he will uh you know savior of the world or savior of your life um and you'll be saved